You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never running assistance in Ramah B'Shem Israel 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha Shoftim, and at the beginning of our Parsha, the Torah exhorts us to appoint over ourselves judges, police officers, to make sure that we do what's right, which in and of itself is a very powerful and interesting idea because we see that when it comes to being in control of ourselves, when it comes to doing what's right, it's not enough to have a good feeling, to have an intellectual understanding of what's right, but we need to make sure, we need to do those things that ensure that we will indeed do what's right, because I don't feel like it right now. We appoint judges. We appoint leaders. We, we appoint those who will make sure that we're going to do what's right. Because we recognize our human frailty. We recognize, or Shem helps us recognize, the importance of having something outside of ourselves to keep us on the straight and narrow path. To keep us on the, the proper path. I'd like to read to you from the first two Midrashim in our Parsha. And I'd like to take a lesson. Because... Although, Baruch Hashem, we live in a time when there are batidin, where we have Jewish courts, halachic courts, but there's a personal message that each and every one of us can take when it comes to how do we regulate ourselves, how do we make sure that we're doing what we want to be doing, what we know inside of our hearts is correct, and we are aligning ourselves with, indeed, that which is going to be productive and successful in life, which is the Torah, which is... The path of Hashem. So let's see what the Medrash says, and perhaps we can we can apply it to ourselves as well. Halacha says the Medrash like this. This is the halacha. Can I have a relative of mine be my judge, be the judge in the court? Maybe there's going to be a problem. Maybe there'll be a conflict of interest if he's my judge. And He's also my relative. This is what our sages say. Who's considered a relative in regards to this issue, this question? Person's father, person's brother. His uncle. Whether it's from his father's side or his mother's side. etc. There are a number of Kraivim, a person's son. Lama Cain. So, what is this? What is the idea here? You know, think about it. We have something called a bias. You know, if I'm going to go to my family members to be the judges on my court case, they'll be biased towards me, and I might win the case as opposed to somebody else. Or maybe they don't like me, and I'll lose the case, whatever it is. Says the Medrash, that just like we find that a person who is a relative is not allowed to be a witness, can't testify on my behalf, so too when it comes to being a judge, they can't judge. They can't be the judge. How do we know this? What's, what's the source for this concept? So Rishim says, I'm sorry. Pasuk says, that a person comes to the Kohan, to the priests. They're the ones who are the judges. They're the ones who serve the Jewish people 
they're Misharis Hashem, they serve Hashem inside of the temple, inside of the Beis HaMikdosh, inside of the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And they're the ones who judge between people, they're the ones who who judge between the people and who decide if there's a nega, right? If a person has tsaras, if a person has spiritual leprosy as a result of certain avers, certain sins, so they're the ones who pronounce it leprous, pr- pronounce it as tsaras. says the Madrash, come and see. We see that we have a concept here that the, the priest is the one who's appointed for a riv, which means for any fights, and he's appointed for any nega to decide if the nega tsaras is something which warrants being placed in quarantine. So we see that these two concepts are connected. When the Pusik puts two concepts together, it's saying that there's a connection and there's something about them that we can learn one from the other. First of all, we see that when it comes to a nega tsaras, when it comes to determining if something is leprosy, spiritual leprosy, so it has to be done in the daytime. It has to be something that you can look at properly. Look at the color, look at the size, look at the shape, etc. So too, just like that, it has to be done in the daytime. So too, judgments, when it comes to a bestin, when you come into a court, it has to be done during the day. So that's the first connection. Uma rivim prat prat Just like when it comes to disputes between people, it needs to be that there's somebody, the, the person who's saying testimony has to be somebody who's not a relative. So too, when it comes to the Kohen judging, when it comes to the Kohen judging, it can't be that he's judging for his relative. Okay, so we see from here that when it comes to judgment, when it comes to, not only when it comes to the testimony itself, but when it comes to a judgment as well, it can't be a relative. A relative cannot be a judge. And that's the first concept that we see when it comes to the concept of judging. And I'd like to point out, I'd like to point out that what we see from this, you know, on a personal level, what we can take from this, is that there's something called a negia, and it could be that it's learned out from this very language here, the word negia is used in Musar literature. The word negia means, literally, it means a blemish, or something that that's touching. It means touching. Negia. And the negia in English is a bias. Okay, I'm biased about myself. I want to paint myself to a, into a rosy picture. I want, everyone should think that I'm great. I want everyone to believe that I'm doing good things. And I want to believe myself that I'm doing good things. And I rationalize. And I paint a picture, which, and that's called a bias. Right? I see my child doing something wrong. Another child's parent is saying that my, my child, chas v'shalom, is in a fight with them. I'm going to paint my child, because of my bias, into the tzaddik, into the righteous one, of course, in the situation. And what we see from the psukim, what we see from this concept is that I need to watch out for my bias. I need to appoint judges. I need to appoint uh Shaitrim, policemen, call them, to make sure that I'm going to do what's right. And I also need to be aware that those judges, if they're not, if they're, if they're related to me, if they're not removed enough from the situation, there can easily be a bias. We want the truth. That's what we're after. If I want to accomplish and do what's right 
and be aligned with goodness. And whenever I'm aligned with the Torah, I'm going to ultimately be aligned with a great future. If I want to have a future, so I need to make sure I watch out for a bias, personal bias, that's going to lead me in the wrong direction. I need to make sure that I have people around me who are not yes-men. We're not going to say that whatever I say is right. But rather, we're going to help me be honest with myself and watch out for the biases. That's what the lesson is in my understanding from this piece in the Medrash. Let's go on and see some more. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, Al-Tahim Al-Aglik Badin. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says, Don't make fun of judgment. The concept of Din, the concept of judgment, the concept of having people overseeing and making sure that we're doing what's right. That is not something, that's not a laughing matter. It's one of the three pillars that holds up the world. Lama, how do you know this? Our sages teach us that the world stands upon three things, the three pillars of the world. Din, judgment, MS, truth, and shalom, peace. And if you think about it, these three concepts are very much related, they're very much intertwined, because judgment really means that we're looking for the truth, right? And we're, we're, we're going for the truth. And peace, if a person really submits himself, surrenders himself, to the truth and to and to the judgment, right? When the when the defendant and the when when everyone comes to the courts, this one is defending his opinion. This one's defending his opinion, but they're really looking for the truth. Like, let's let's say that there are people who are l'shem shemaim. They're doing things right. They're doing things for the sake of heaven. So the money that I have, I don't want money that's not mine, right? So I come to the court and I say, well, I'm not sure whose money this is. I think it's mine. He thinks it's his. Please. Judge for us. So if you're coming with the right attitude, so you're going to end up with peace. Why? Because th- I want the truth. I don't want money that's not mine. I want I want to make sure this money really does belong to me. I'm looking for the truth. So when you have these three things, they come together. And that's something that upholds the world. Right? The world cannot exist if I'm always looking for what's mine. And, and, I'm, trying to, and I'm trying to force my will upon others, maybe even upon the judges, Maybe I'm going to give a bribe to make sure I end up winning. Could be talking about very large amounts of money. I'm going to end up in trouble. I'm going to end up breaking breaking myself, really, against the truth. I'm going to be destroyed in the end. Be very careful when it comes to judgment, because if you push the judgment in the wrong direction... It can cause the whole world to shake. The foundations of the world shake when there's a lack of proper judgment. When things, when, when the judges are not looking for the truth. When the judges are allowing themselves to be pushed to one side by bribes or whatever it is, or by the fact that they're biased in one direction. Our sages say a similar idea that the power of din is very great. It's very strong. It's one of the it's one of the legs of the kisya covered of God's throne. First, we spoke about it as one of the pillars of the world, but it's also a pillar of God's throne, which means the throne is where God sits, as it were. It's where He is the King. It's where He directs the entire world from. And there's a it's wobbly, so to speak, if we don't have din, if we don't have 
proper judgment. Pasuk says, righteousness and judgment are the foundation of your seat, the foundation of the Kisei the throne of God's glory. Kindness and truth are Come, they come in front of you. They come in front of the judge, as it were. Hashem, you know, we're, we're in Elul now. That's why it's important to think about these types of ideas. When it comes to judgment, we don't just see Hashem as an angry judge who hates us and, and wants to destroy us because we've done wrong. We see Hashem as a father, of course, one who loves us. But we also need to see ourselves. We need to think about ourselves in terms of, are we righteous? Are we doing what's right? Are we aligned with Hashem's will? Are we doing that which is correct? And we need to know the importance of doing that which is correct. We need to know the importance of having outside awareness, you know, awareness from people who are outside of ourselves. The importance of it is because it upholds the throne of God's glory, which means that having that willingness to be honest and truthful and unbiased and listen to others, that's what keeps God's throne in the world, generally, but more specifically upon ourselves. We, we're going to talk about, as we, we get closer to Rosh Hashanah, we're going to talk about get, making God our King, which means letting Hashem into our lives, trying our best to do the will of Hashem. But a prerequisite for that is a chashivus. It's a, a proper understanding and and a recognition of the importance of din, of judgment, of honesty, of peace. Shem says, since the punishment for a lack of proper judgment is very powerful, very difficult, have a zihirin. You need to be very careful about this. That's why we need judges. That's why we need policemen to to keep us in line because if things are not proper if we lose the judgment look all it takes is a little look around in the world of the west what happens when the police are defunded what happens when a person can walk into jail and the next day be out without without having having to to be called to task for his crimes it's pandemonium it's chaos so again, that's true on a personal level. We need to have, we need to have people outside of ourselves that we can look to to help us grow and be honest with us. We need to have people who will not have bias. We need to have the chashivus hadin. We need to understand the importance and the significance of these ideas. And finally, I'd like to share you a very beautiful and sweet medrash, the second section here in Parsha Shaiftim. The concept of judgment, the concept of having shoftim and shoftim people outside of ourselves who guide us in the right direction, is related to a pasuk in Mishlei that talks about the ant, the little ant. If you are lazy, says the pasuk, King Solomon exhorts us, if you are lazy, all you need to do is look at an ant. Look at the ways of the ant and you'll become wise. He has no uh, uh, army sergeant looking over him. He has no policeman. He has no king ruling over him. 
Tochen makayitz lachma, ogra bakotzer macholah. Nevertheless, he prepares this ant is collecting and collecting and collecting food all summer long. All of the time of the autumn, so that it will have all of its needs in the winter. Measure says like this. It's a beautiful Pasuk. What did King Solomon see from the ant that he wanted to teach the lazy person? What is the lesson for all of us? Rabbanan Amri, So sages say like this. First thing that we learn is that an ant has three sections in his anthill on the inside. He doesn't put all of the grains that he collects into the top section because water drips down there when it rains. He doesn't have it in the lowest section because of the mud. So he puts it in the middle section. That's where it will be the safest. An ant only lives for six months. There's a general principle. An animal that doesn't have any bones, doesn't have any sinews, can't live for more than six months. Each ant, the amount that an ant eats in its lifetime, is one grain of sand and a half. One and a half grains of sand. I'm sorry, one and a half grains of wheat. But this ant gathers in the summer and in the in the autumn all that it needs. So so many pieces of grain, so many pieces of of wheat, barley, lentils. So what's the idea? This is a lesson for us. This is a lesson for us. What's it collecting so much for? It only needs one and a half grains in order to survive for its entire lifetime. Why does it do this? Because, of course, this is a mashal, it's an analogy, it's not literal, but the ant thinks to itself, maybe Hashem will let me live longer and I'll still have food to eat. I'll still have food to eat if I live longer than six months. That's the metric. So what does this teach us? This teaches us. This teaches us that we need to be concerned. Oh, oh, let's, let me read it inside. It's going to be the next piece, the next words. In the Medjush. Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai. Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai says, one time they opened up one of these anthills and they found a tremendous amount of wheat. 300 kur. It's a measurement. The amount that it would it collected from the whole uh, uh, summer and, and the winter. It was enough for the winter as well. We also need to do some collecting in our lifetime, says the Medrash. And we need to collect for the time after we're going to pass away. We need to do collecting. We collect mitzvahs, collect commandments. We collect fulfillments of God's word. We can collect kindness. Each and everything that we do, you know, when you give your money to tzedakah, when you give your money to charity, it feels like you're giving away your money, but actually it's the best investment. 
What who, what money can you invest? What money? Where can you put your money that you know you're going to have it forever? Right? A person only lives 70, 80, 90, 100 years. Halavai. 120. What guarantees that the, I'm going to have that money forever? The money doesn't last forever. But the mitzvah does. The good deed lasts forever. Just like an ant recognizes that I need to collect, I need to collect, I need to collect, I can't be lazy. Why? Maybe I'll live a little longer. Maybe Hashem will grant me more life than my six, the six months I'm supposed to live. So too, we need to think about the future. But we're not talking about my pension time. We're not talking about, you know, when I retire. We're talking about the future, the world to come. A person lives and a person dies as part of life. What will we have to take with us to the next world? What will we come there with? What will be in that, in that place? What will we hold in our hands when we come in front of the Kisei covered? When we come in front of the throne of God's glory? We need to think about it. And let's connect it back to what we're talking about with Shoftim and Shoitrim. Having the judges and the outside positive influences upon ourselves who can keep us on a straight and narrow Make sure we're doing what's right. Make sure we don't forget. We don't forget what's coming. We don't forget where we're headed. Remember where you're from. Where am I going? Where is my, where does, what's the end of life look like? Make sure I have what to bring with me to the world to come. Okay. Rabban and Amri, Rabban say there's another thing that we can learn from the ant. Look at the ants and you can learn how the ants are careful not to steal anything. What does that mean? They don't take anything that's not theirs. There was a story, particular ant, it dropped a grain of wheat. The, the ant was, the ants all came, they were smelling it. They could tell that it was the one that was carried by that particular ant. None of the other ants wanted to touch it. The ant that had originally been carrying it came back and carried it further, picked it up. We see an incredible thing. What is the idea of the ant carrying a particular grain? It represents its purpose in life, so to speak. It's a mushal. Again, it's an analogy. But it represents its purpose in life. I'm doing something. I have certain, a certain wherewithal in order to fulfill my purpose in life, in order for me to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish in life. Hashem supports me with all of the objects that are that are in my life. You know what I'm saying? I have, a, I have a nice microphone, I have a camera we're using here. These are all objects that I need in order to do the things that are my purpose in life. So, if someone, heaven forbid, would steal one of these objects, that would be taking something which is a tool that belongs to somebody else that they need. We see from the ants that they don't touch something that's connected to somebody, to, to, to a particular ant. That ant already carried this thing. It shows that this is its purpose. This is its tafke. This is what it needs to accomplish. The other ants don't touch it. We learn from that. No gezel, no stealing. And I would add, not only no stealing, 
but no jealousy, right? This is a challenging one, right? You see somebody else is successful in a certain area. Obviously, that's their tafkid in life. It's their purpose in life to be successful in that area. I need to look at my own personal successes without comparing myself to anyone else. I need to watch out for that. I need to know I can't take somebody else's success. Exactly who I am, exactly who I'm supposed to be, it's exactly where I am, it's exactly where Hashem, where Hashem has placed me. But see the wisdom of the ant. Says the Medrash, a profound lesson. Look, you see the ant, everything that we see, it's, it's not otzel, it's not lazy, it knows where to place the different items within the ground to make sure that they don't get destroyed. It, the, the, they accumulate in order to have for a later time. So to, we need to accumulate, accumulate mitzvahs, commandments, fulfillment, kindness, aligning ourselves with Hashem's will. The ant doesn't take that which is not his. These are things that they do intrinsically. They know it intrinsically. It's their, it's their instinct. It's their nature. They don't need any judges and, and policemen in order to keep them on the correct path. Says, the ant does all of these things without anyone making sure that it does it. doesn't have any leader, doesn't have any policeman. You, says Hashem, I have appointed for you, and I've asked you to appoint for yourselves, judges and policemen. Certainly, certainly, Make sure that you're doing things right. Make sure that you're not stealing from anybody. Make sure you're not jealous of anybody. Make sure that you are preparing for yourself, gathering for yourself now. Mitzvahs, maizim taivim, good deeds, chesed, kindness, taira, closeness to Hashem, closeness to others around us. Make sure you're gathering all these things so you have something to show for your life. And how do you do it? You do it by appointing judges. We know what to do instinctually, but sometimes we need outside help. And not only is that okay, it's recommended. It's what the Torah is commanding upon us, the importance of having those outside of ourselves who will indeed make sure, because we're going to listen to them, because we appointed them, that make sure that we're going to stay on the correct path Make sure we stay attached to Hashem. Make sure we don't take something that's not ours. Because I don't want the money that belongs to the other person. That money is theirs. That money is that which they need to accomplish their purpose in life. Whatever I have is what I need to accomplish my purpose in life. Never the twain shall meet. Hashem should help us. Hashem should bless us. I want to bless you. I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should indeed be able to have this, co- this consciousness, this awareness, we should be able to find people who are not biased, who can help us be who we're supposed to be, who can help us be on the path of Avedis Hashem, of serving Hashem, of kindness, of goodness, of good deeds, so that we will have that which we wish to show, that we wish we would hope to show for an amazing life filled with so much good and life in the world to come. 
Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.